And welcome. You're listening to The Green Majority here on CIUT 89.5 FM. You could be listening to one of our wonderful or very appreciated community radio partners as well. Also possible, technically. Uh, you could also be listening on the podcast, which is, of course, a great way to listen to the show. We like that uh, for a variety of reasons. You can listen to that, especially good if uh, because we know that we talk fast. We try not to, but we do. So when you need to re-listen to something. Or just like play it at like 0.75 speed. That's right. Thank you, Stefan. Um, if you're technologically inclined, you can also put it in Audacity and slow the speed down. Uh, easiest way to do that is get the podcast, which, of course, can be found at greenmajority.ca. I am your host, Aaron Kaster, and uh, we have a packed studio, including a disembodied voice that's become bodied. Lauren is now in the <laughs> studio today. Uh, but before I pass off to our largely, I will tell you, largely uh, Ontario election-focused show and uh, we do apologize to our pr- provincial listeners. We hope that you will find something of use. So this is not a warning that you, you know, anyone outside of Ontario shouldn't listen. We, mm-hmm. d- we do think that this is important information because parallels can be drawn, of course. Uh, but it is both a warning and a disclaimer that we will be talking a lot about the Ontario election today. We'll try and keep it just to one show so we don't bore our international listeners. Uh, but we do think it's important. So we're going to be doing that. The last thing before I pass to Dave, um, who's going to start us off with that, very important, is that coming up on June 4th to June 10th of this year, of course, is the spring CIUT membership drive. Uh, We'll be promoting more information about that uh, over the next couple of weeks between now and then, and I will have more information for you later, but I just wanted to flag that, put that on your calendar, that that is coming up June 4th to 10th. I believe that makes our show on the 8th, but I'll get back to you about that. For now, uh, Ontario Provincial Election, uh, we're going to do an overview. I pass it to you, Dave. So the following information is from party and government websites, McLean's, Rabble.ca, Global News, The National Post, and Insaga.com. We will begin with the Liberals. The Liberals do not have a, uh, an official policy platform, but they do have certain detailed outlines that they will pursue. Kathleen Wynne and the Liberals will move forward with the cap-and-trade system that has raised $2.4 billion in proceeds over the year or so that it's been in place, and they recently held joint carbon credit auctions with Quebec and California. Wynne claims that the reduction in our carbon footprint brought about by the cap-and-trade system has led to economic growth in Ontario. The Liberals will continue, to, uh, will continue attempting to transform GO into a regional rapid transit system, increasing GO train service by over 70%, building a Here Ontario LRT to connect GO transit with Mississauga and Brampton transit systems, and implementing a discount for Presto users between GO, the UP Express, and the TTC. The Liberals will complete the Finch West LRT to connect Humber to a, to a new Finch West TTC station and continue working on the Ottawa LRT, the Waterloo Ion Rapid Transit Project, and the London Bus Rapid Transit System. The Liberals have proposed an increase of $24 billion for transit from their 2017 budget, including $11 billion for the groundwork for high-speed rail between Toronto and Windsor. They will spend $1.7 billion over three years to support energy-saving programs under the Green Ontario Fund, invest $52 million over three years in new technologies dealing with toxic chemicals, excessive algae and road salt, and management of sewer system overflow, spend $15 million over three years to protect forests, wetlands and lakes, invest $90 million in commuter cycling programs, and provide a public transit tax credit for seniors. The Liberals have also pledged to increase food security in Indigenous communities by encouraging traditional food production practices. 
Awesome. Thanks, Dave. Uh, so to give a, a listener a card, so we're going to go through each one, briefly chat about it, uh, and then and then go back to the next to the next one here. Um, and we'll start with the liberals. Uh, so panel, what do we think about, how are you feeling about the liberals platform? Uh, <laughs> um, this isn't like specific to the environment. It's yeah. just sort of one of the things I picked up on while reading through these notes that David so so wonderfully put together for us. Um it's it's funny you apologize to like international listeners for like this episode might be kind of boring for them but like anybody beyond the GTA you were just realizing that like all of these plat like the platforms aren't speaking to them at all and I remember listening to the well watching the debates on city TV a couple weeks ago and being like oh well they're just talking to Toronto voters because it's a Toronto TV station and no you realize like no their, their platforms are basically aimed at Toronto voters and I understand obviously that's where people are concentrated but like. If I was up in Sault Ste. Marie, I'd be like, well, awesome. Thanks so much for speaking to me in this election and worrying about my needs as a voter. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I think what's interesting about the, the liberals are interesting, A, because they're not exactly – they're sort of running on the past, what, 13 years of their existence. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so they're sort of like, look, it's what's been happening but more. Um, and there's a is, sense of depreciating goodwill. Like if they oh, were doing yeah. exactly yeah. the same job, people appreciate it less and less every year. Well, well mm-hmm. but, but also like there's a, like what's interesting I find – what I find fascinating when I think about the liberals specifically in Ontario is that they – are relatively good about focusing on the right things. You know, like they they got rid of coal, they are focusing on transit, and they got a price on carbon. If I was going to say there are three major things you had to do, those are the three things I would say you have to do. On the flip side, they are also the reason why we don't have the transit city planning system in Toronto because they decided to just get because because their fatal flaw is that they will do anything to buy a vote. Mm-hmm. And so, like when they were worried in the last election, they scrapped transit city for the smart track thing, which I put in air quotes because it doesn't exist. Yes, people people can't see your hands. Yeah, so. I know. <laughs> It's the radio, if you keep forgetting. Yeah. But, like, but that's the problem, right? The problem is that like, th- if they, when you see the liberals on paper, you're like, oh, yeah, these are relatively good strategies. And they're focusing on the things that would lead to a sustainable thing. And then, but then it's all the things that come around it that become the issue. Mm-hmm. You know what I get? I get a sense of, like, <clears throat> uh, if you're, like, on the street and, like, someone on the street tries to sell you something, but they're, like, working, they're, like, an agent. So, like, are those people that come door to door and, like, try and give you a new hydro deal or whatever mm-hmm. it is. It's, like, I, I always get the sense of, like, when I'm looking at and this and I want to underline that I, there's not a hidden like opinion here mm-hmm. I'm uh, aside from an observation my observation is simply that like it always has the feeling and it, again this is not necessarily my conclusion but it always has the feeling whenever I'm like interacting with the liberals even just their campaign materials of like someone who knows the things they're supposed to be talking about but don't really actually personally understand it they just know that that's what they need to be talking about. Right. Yeah. And I think that's more or less what you were saying, but like, this has sort of always been my opinion and it doesn't, it doesn't, uh, restrict itself to Ontario. Like this, that's largely copy paste my opinion about Trudeau as well. Right. He either doesn't understand or doesn't, doesn't gen- genuinely care, but he does know it's important to talk about that and that that's going to resonate with people. But those two ideas are independent of each other. It, yeah. it, you know, talking about the right things doesn't mean you truly believe it doesn't mean you're going to do the right thing. Yeah. yeah. And if they, if they kept doing the, like if they kept yeah, like if they kept doing the things, they, they very effectively decarbonized Ontario's and like there's they, they've there's been serious progress here. That's that's what's so amazing about this is mm-hmm. that like if I if you told me just the bare bones of what would happen over the 13 years of a government, and I get to hear this point, 
I would be like, that's actually pretty effective, you know, in, in, a, in a number of ways. Um, and yet it's just, there's just so much else underneath this sort of the, 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 the bones of what they've done that have undermined their own goals, really, mm-hmm. uh, and their own legitimacy to, to make me believe that any of this other new stuff would get done. Like if I know that you invest in Transit City, which is the, the plan, you could have held that firm and instead you just gave up to whatever the whim of the area was, which means what – if every that, that sort of calls in question every other thing they're saying right now, mm-hmm. right? It's like, oh, you're invest twenty four billion in transit for, uh, again. That's great. Is it now for the smart track? Will it then become something else when we have a different mayor? Mm-hmm. Like, just hold your ground and make us build transit and stop doing whatever you think might get you elected the next time. Like, it, it's also is like highly indicative of reactionary policy building, which is, uh, yeah, exa- I mean, that's, I just made up a word that describes <laughs> what you just said. But the point is, is that like, you know, when people are like, well, we think people want this, so we're going to say that. The problem with that, which is, again, me just reiterating what yeah. you said, my add to that is the problem with that is that um, you don't, you, you demonstrate in lot, real time that you have no principles. Yeah. And so like with the point, and maybe the, the, maybe you don't have principles, but maybe your adopted principles are the ones that I like. Great. But that means that I can't necessarily count on you to be consistent. And it also means that you, you, you just propagate this system of it's a four parties who both have claims and nobody ever looks past that. And you just pick the party that's making the claims that sound like the ones that you like. Whereas if you were being ideological consistent and you would have said, you know, and there was a big brouhaha and say you want to do Transit City and you thought you were going to lose some votes over it. Instead of saying, oh, but we're going to lose some votes. So let's change the policy. You go and you advocate for the policy. That's what a principled person does. Never mind politician. If you know you're right and you think you can prove it, then do so. But yeah. if you don't, you're either saying you know you're wrong or you're just saying you're a slimy politician. And yeah. I, I just don't I, – like I don't get it. And I, and, and I would I, – you know, I need to add that I have that criticism of more than just the liberals. But <laughs> right. we are focusing on the liberals right now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right. Well, let's move on to the, to the PCs I think, Zach. Right? All right. The progressive conservatives have nothing yet resembling a platform document. <laughs> and in an April 3rd article for the National Post, it was reported that PC leader Doug Ford would opt for a slow reveal of his policies. <laughs> they, have de- they have decided against replacing Patrick Brown's platform, and they will instead release little aspects of it throughout the campaign, finishing with a final overview announcement sometime before June 7th. A source within the campaign told the National Post, if you have a thousand priorities, you have none. You have to focus. Our focus will be on the big picture and getting the province back on track. Here are the PC environmental policies that have been gleaned thus far. Ford has said he will axe the existing cap-and-trade system, first promising to introduce a carbon tax to comply with federal rules, but later reneging and saying that he will not have any carbon pricing, implying he will take Ottawa to court if necessary. Ford believes ending cap-and-trade will reduce the price of gasoline by 10 cents a liter. He will maintain existing Liberal Transit pledges and add an additional $5 billion for subways in the Greater Toronto Area, mentioning the Young Relief Line, the Young Extension Line to Richmond Hill, and an extension of the Shepherd Line to Scarborough. Along with the NDP, he has promised an all-day, two-way GoTrain transit ser- train service between Kitchener and Toronto, and to complete current projects such as the Ottawa LRT and the Kitchener LRT. He wants to have a referendum on the Hamilton LRT, pledging the $1.3 billion to other infrastructure projects if Hamiltonians reject the project. Ford has in the past disparaged LRTs, mistakenly labeling them as streetcars. He will end the Green Energy Act and cut aviation fuel taxes. And as mentioned last week, Ford backtracked on a statement that he would open up the protected Ontario Greenbelt 
to build affordable housing. I, I have a hard time criticizing a non-existent platform. Oh, I don't. It's just so. It, like, it's just so much nothing. Yeah. Like how do you, like? I've yeah. It's like here's okay. how you criticize a non-existent platform. Um, by if you just say, well, uh, hey, I could lower your taxes by 100. percent We're just going to cancel all firemen, police services, hospitals. Oh wait, you like that stuff. Uh, so yeah, I mean, his their whole platform is the slow reveal and all this stuff is it's all based on we're going to take away things people don't understand and and so show it's going to have them do it money until they cost it. It's meaningless. Well, so he is actually telling you a lot about his platform. His platform is we're even more shameless about changing our opinion on whatever we think is going to get us elected than the liberals. That's one thing we're telling us. The second thing is we don't have any concern whatsoever for costing any of this stuff and that we think the voters are stupid or enough of them are stupid that they'll vote for us. That's so that's the three things we can learn it, from that. It's platform. not even so much like a stupid. Thing. It's just sort of like it's it's just like indicative of the way elections are run nowadays. It's like you realize people just vote on idea and and I should talk. I, I also vote on ideology, but like it's it's an entire forty percent of the population that doesn't care about policy and platform, apparently. It's ridiculous uh, what they do but in the sense like in the sense that they do it's because like they're the the stupid part is that they are counting on people never asking what how, where is that what what am i losing for that money so that's i'm calling those people stupid if but you say is, my taxes will go down if you cancel the fire service and they never ask wait do i need the fire service yeah. i'm sorry you're stupid but this is not but see that's not what's happening here and that, that to me is the most is most ridiculous part which is that this is not an ideological conservative platform because they're basically saying we will not cut anything and but we'll cut taxes. They're saying they're literally this pitch is I we're in a huge deficit. I'm going to solve the deficit by decreasing an in, a revenue stream inefficiencies, which is like they're literally like, again, as we said, liberals have made two point four billion dollars from from mm-hmm. from from having a price on carbon. They're going to remove that. So we making two point five billion dollars less and yet giving out five billion dollars more for transit. Well, and, and in addition like, to losing that two point five billion in revenue, yeah. if like obviously like there are different businesses and parties that have bought into the carpet to the cap and trade market as it is, they'll all have to be paid back. So in addition to losing this two point whatever in revenue, they're also going to have to then cough up a bunch of money to pay back these businesses who have invested. Yeah, it's like it is. It's one of these platforms where it's like at least Hudak ran on an actually ideological bend, right? Hudak Mm -hmm. ran saying, I will cut 100,000 jobs and that's the efficiencies I'll find, which while I disagreed with is at least an honest way to run a platform, right? Yeah. Like you can say that and not and, and not be lying to people. This is just fairy dust. It's just <laughs> it's just like here's a bunch of things that I would love to be the case. And then I love the fact that he just includes a slam on the LRT and pro subway mo- mo- comments. Like five billion dollars does not build you three subways. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's no, like, it's, it barely like, builds you one. I I hate to be like. The white person who references South Park, but I'm going to be the white person who references South Park. It's like, does anybody else remember the episode with the underwear gnomes where the underwear gnomes are stealing Butters? Under- no, right. that was the one episode I missed. I've seen it's, almost every other It's one. fantastic because Butters is telling everybody, they're like, they're stealing my underwear. And everybody's like, yeah, cool. Okay, whatever. Anyway, Butters takes them on this journey. He shows them the underwear gnomes that have stolen all of his underwear. And they're like, why are you stealing this kid's underwear? And the gnomes pull up this chalkboard and it says, step one, steal underwear. Step two. Blank space. Step three, profit. <laughs> I was always wondering where that meme came from, actually. You yeah. now explain that There you me. go. Okay. 
yeah, this, that, and that is literally what this is, right? It's like yeah. it's like step one. We this non-existent platform, which they'll eventually tell us. Like, mm. like, can you imagine just running an election, being like, you'll find out what we think probably the day before we you <laughs> elect us, and we promise you it will be great. Right. Um, has anybody read the seventy-two page Patrick Brown like platform that they put out during? Oh yeah, yeah. have yeah. you read it? I've read pieces of it. Yeah, like okay, good job. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, because well, because like because parts of it are, were reasonable. Like that's right. Like Patrick Brown's platform is the platform that would have won the conservatives election hands down without doing anything. Mm-hmm. Like it, it kept a price on carbon. All he had to do it, was keep like, his head down. Yeah, like well, <laughs> like the like there's like like the, like there was it was a it was basically like a right of center. But not crazy right of center, right? And cost it out in like it was it was a not a it was a you know something that I disagree with ideologically, but mm-hmm. at least was a platform that had ideas and could be con- an explanation. Right. And the idea that tr- that they're saying they're keeping his platform but changing it, it means you're not keeping the platform, especially since one of the major pieces of it was keeping a price on carbon, which they've now decided is not they're not going to do. And in fact, every leader ran against the price on carbon in the in the conservative debate. So like Patrick Brown is like I'm going to do this, I'm the leader, and then every person person who ran against, ran after he was Hefty's dethroned said actually never mind. Maybe Doug Ford's just really into philosophy. There's that whole thing about <laughs> that whole idea of like, you know, how many car parts do you change out before it's not your car anymore? Right. Yeah. I think maybe the, he's really yeah. this is actually some deep like philosophical musing. Yeah, it's, just it's, stuck it's, in there. It's, it's the ship. I do remember watching and like formulating a tweet and then deleting it because I couldn't come up with the punchline. But it was like watching again like just like this debate happening and it was like you knew that Doug Ford was there being like I'm going to use the Socratic method on these women and it's going to be so good. My debate styles are fantastic. But like not actually understanding how the Socratic method is supposed to work. Can I, before we move on, I mean yeah. like, you know, we could make sarcastic comments about Doug Ford all day, but uh, just to keep on, on track with that. I mean, the, 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 there's an attack that's being made against him, which I think is fair, but it's being confused and I'm afraid it will fail for that reason. And it's the the line of, and it doesn't matter who it is, but comparing Doug Ford to uh, uh, Donald Trump. Mm. There is a way in which this comparison works and there's a way in which it doesn't. And I think people using it the wrong way is going to be massively to their detriment and it makes me worried. So let me explain what the difference is. The way in which there is a comparison is you bet, you better believe that Doug Ford is sitting there watching the TV every night taking notes, but not because they're similar people. Uh, I think they're very different people. He is copying the playbook, and that's what they need to be talking about. There is no personal comparison. I mean, any two people can be compared to some degree, but like, there's no relevant personal comparison between the two people. The important comparison that needs to be focused on is, wow, Doug uh, uh, Donald Trump got elected by making the entire election about the opponent and how much everyone hates them. And, and filling in the opponent's name every time they were asked a question. Mm-hmm. That is what Doug Ford is doing. That's where the comparison is absolutely, there is no light in between those two, pl- those two strategies. Uh, and I think if people focus on that and, and highlight that, that could be effective. But because that's nuanced, it has a, it has a very high likelihood of failing. And so I, I, you know, I just advice to anyone criticizing them, be very careful about your, your Trump comparisons, uh, because there's a bunch of ways in which it's not fair. And then you just, you, then you just lose people. Then you're actually hurting yourself. Uh, we, we, we've hit, uh, the first, first break. So we're going to have to, we'll have to come back for the other two and then maybe a more general discussion. Uh, so over to Megan.
All right, you're back. You're listening to The Green Majority here on CIUT 89.5. Before we get back to Dave here, really fast, as we said, we have our spring fundraiser coming up in a few weeks. You just heard the ad. You heard me mention at the top of the uh, hour there. Uh, so I will mention one quick. Uh, we do occasionally, Stefan, get uh, email from listeners. Most of it's positive, but occasionally we get uh, we get some flamey email mm. who will often say that they could do a better uh, job than us. Well, now's your chance. If you call in during the spring <laughs> membership drive and uh, and uh, donate, uh, I don't actually, they haven't actually listed the number, but there is a way to get two hours of programming. You can come in and show us up oh, previously it was five hundred dollars yeah so it's, it's, for it now it says bucks. inquire uh, on emailing so <laughs> oh, okay. i don't know i don't maybe know if it's that's more. still being maybe worked it's out it might be going up guys so you, if, if it's five hundred dollars <laughs> this time you got to get in on it right if it's more than you know you've already missed a chance well and you know and you could say well that's a tech uh, a financial barrier but you're so smart you're obviously successful you have five hundred dollars <laughs> so there you go so if you think you can do better than um, thus now's your chance give us some money and you can show us up how does is that how it works i don't think so I, I would i would be intrigued by someone who actually paid five hundred dollars to just make a show slamming a different show on the same station but you know yeah, no, sorry. I had. I, had I some think they actually have to mostly just do a, ra- a music show. But, but like, I, I aspire some... to that level of petty. Oh yeah, I yeah, had some exactly. Doug Ford staffers <laughs> doing the the costing on that argument. Right. Okay. So, Fair enough. Uh, sorry. Back to Dave. So, the an, environmental protection is not one of the top five priorities for Andrea Horvath's New Democratic Party, but they dedicate several pages to environment, transit, and food issues in a comprehensive policy document. In the document, <clears throat> they express concern over commercial, bo- over commercial bottled water plants, proposing an Ontario water strategy to ensure that decisions about water are based on the public interest and public access to sustainable water sources, and that everyone, including Indigenous communities, has reliable drinking water. They pledge to create an inventory of water use and return across the province and implement source water protection plans to end water advisories. They will use 25% of cap-and-trade revenues to support lower-income, rural and northern households and vulnerable industries, including $50 million for a home retrofit program to help low-income communities and households consume less power. The NDP has pledged to clean up the mercury in the English Wabagoon River system so that Grassy Narrows and Wabasimung First Nations can finally drink their water and eat their fish again, and they will fund a mercury treatment center so residents can get the care they need after decades of mercury poisoning, and create an index of the Mercury Disability Fund, committing $12 million in retroactive payments to people suffering because of ongoing provincial inaction. The NDP will continue to responsibly integrate solar water and wind into the electricity system, quote, as needs grow, and ensure that local communities, quote, have a stake in the benefits of renewables. They will also end time-of-use pricing on electricity, which gives incentives to use power at off-peak hours. They pledge to reduce air pollution, specifically in Sarnia and Hamilton, and they have promised to set clear greenhouse gas reduction targets and require that all municipalities have set plans for promoting walking, cycling, and other human-propelled transportation by 2021, vowing also to improve cycling infrastructure with a focus on commuter routes. The NDP will expand and create parks in consultation with First Nations, begin to reverse the loss of wetlands, which are crucial in limiting floods, and update the Environmental Bill of Rights with accountability, transparency, and public participation. They will work towards universal access to healthy food, develop a food curriculum to, quote, deliver culturally and regionally appropriate learning about growing and cooking food. 
work with the Ministry of Community and Social Services to make food affordable and available to low-income families, and work with the Ministries of Agriculture and International Trade to help farmers, processors, and agricultural industries. As for their public transit initiatives, the NDP has pledged, along with the Green Party, to have the province cover 50% of operating costs for municipal transportation, allowing for improved service and reduced fares, amounting to an investment of over $800 million across the province. The NDP supports two-way all-day GO train service between Kitchener and Toronto, year-round GO rail service between Niagara and Toronto, a northern rail strategy to restore Ontario Northlanders passenger service and to support Huron, rail, <coughs> Huron Central and Algoma rail lines, ending the practice of federal and provincial governments developing parallel and uncoordinated rail services, the building of Toronto's downtown relief line as soon as possible, and the immediate development of the Hamilton LRT. All right. So what this is an example of a we have not had any ability to influence policy in 13 years. And so we are going to say we will do everything you've always ever wanted. Yeah. In addition to like like it's it's really like the, the fact that they're addressing Grassy Narrows is really fantastic. And the, and the bottled water initiative they have down there that I can't actually remember what your wording was. But it's I'm super excited about those things. But it also sort of feels Pandering is a really nasty word, especially mm -hmm. because I know the people that are putting together these policies are doing really great work. But it does sort of feel like it's like, hey, there was a big like lead now campaign against Nestle and bottled water. And it was like a hot topic on social media. So that's going to be one of our platform points. Yeah. So in that way, it does sort of feel use the word reactionary earlier. Mm -hmm. And it does sort of feel like that. It's like in lieu of in lieu of making the environment one of like their top their top priorities, which kind of freaks me out a little bit, considering it's the NDP, they're going to address these very specific hot button social media buzzy topics. Yeah, and it's 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 kind of classic Ontario NDP uh, of a platform, and in, in that like the Ontario NDP has always been quite strong in regards to social justice issues mm -hmm. and confusing in regards to environmental issues. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and, and and this is another example I think of that. For example, like uh, what I find so fascinating is they say things like they are going to to uh, they're going to responsibly in quotes integrate solar water and wind to electric systems as, as needs grow again in quotes and ensure that local communities quote have stake in the benefits of renewables that is ostensibly exactly what the Green Energy Act tried to do mm -hmm. and their last election ran to scrap the Green Energy Act this election they're going to get rid of time of use pricing which just so everyone understands the purpose of time of use pricing is so uh, if, if, if it's to push it's to use market techniques to push the price of, of oil in the center uh, in the middle of days up so people sort of flatten out their energy usage throughout the whole day this means you have to build less uh, less uh, like less natural gas plants and stuff like that uh, and, and it helps you actually use the base load power more effectively throughout the day it, it fundamentally is a, 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 a smart way of dealing with this and if your goal is to reduce uh, uh, like prices for families uh, and run hydro, that's doable. But to do it in this fashion is really just basically saying, okay, we'll just have to build more natural gas plants or other or, or other ways of doing this. And and that's not it's not good policy. And, and, and so it's what I find so fascinating is that like they've all these little things are like they're very clearly going after the sort of small ticket 
uh, small money ticket wins to, to, to make the environmental movement feel good about voting NDP, but they don't really have any better plans than the liberals do in regards to the energy sector or, or things like that. They're, like The one thing that does excite me is the idea of 50% funding to all municipal uh, all municipal transit because mm-hmm. that's huge like but, but i also can't believe it only costs 800 million dollars in that like that's a 20 i believe the ttc is currently funded by by, by, by i think it's 70 percent user or usage uh, like um fair fair kind of fares and and so to do that by 20 percent can like that seems low I, maybe maybe they've again that, I'm they've done the math. At least they have a platform. Uh, <laughs> they like, wrote numbers down. Well, we've got we've got to the third person. It's better than conservatives. Got, they wrote numbers down. Well, they've got yep. to, like and, and the liberals also don't have a platform. This is the first actual platform we've reviewed so far. Like, yep. like you got to give them credit. The, the, did, was it the liberals that came out recently that were like the NDP are off on their calculations by X number percent, X yeah. number of dollars? Yeah, yeah. So again, and I think it makes sense. Like, like what's fun, what's interesting about and what I, what frustrates me, I think, about when when the left attacks the governing power is is so often they they fall into the same traps that the right will do mm-hmm. in that they'll say they'll pretend things are cheaper than they are mm-hmm. like the like the amount of work that the liberals have put into trying to green our energy grid is yet yeah, is the reason why uh you know uh like it some of the we're seeing some of the hydro prices now the other thing is of course a nuclear refurbishment which no one is talking about um, <laughs> but I, I think the greens probably are but you know but there's like a level of which that Things cost more than we say they will cost, mm-hmm. and and so that is where we're at right now. And so mm-hmm. I think when 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 they need to come on and say, oh, we could do we could reduce fares by only for only eight hundred million dollars uh, across the across the country, or across, across Ontario. When it's not that much money, you are going to get skewered for this. Like when it's one point five million billion dollars, this is going to be the thing about how you didn't, you know, you did the lefties don't understand how math works. And I understand you. It's hard to understand. It's hard to sort of pitch from us to the standpoint, but it's sort of like, like I would rather lose and be right. I think, and I right. think maybe that's wrong. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's not how I should think about things. But I, I, I that's sort of what I end up. With. Well, right. It's it's easier to do math when you're when you're right winger because they only use one side of the balance sheet. So <laughs> they don't. There's no balancing. They don't have to do that. It's much simpler math. Mm-hmm. So uh, two quick comments about the NDP. One of them is um, I actually would love like the most honest I think platform they could have is actually one sentence. Just delete this whole document. Uh, liberals have most of the policies right. They're just incompetent and corrupt. <laughs> we could manage their policies better. That should be. That's the only thing Andrea Horwath should be saying to any. Uh, they largely have the right idea. They're just corrupt and they keep screwing it up and they're incompetent and uh, we could do their policies better. That should really be all they're saying. Um, so I, I want to, I don't think I'm really disagreeing, but it might sound at first like I am, but I want to slightly disagree with something Lauren said, or, or rather just focus it more, I think yeah. is more than disagree, uh, which is that I actually really think tactically, as far as like the optics and as far as like the, uh, uh, the image they're trying to create, I do think the NDP strategy platform, uh, the platform strategy rather, um, is bang on, which is the, the conservatives are oh, right. Oh in no, the sense I, that, I yeah. didn't say it wasn't going to be effective. It's going to be super effective. <laughs> but for, but I think the inputs are wrong. And this is sort of what, that's the part where I was sort of like agreeing versus disagree. But mm-hmm. as you said, it, was, it wasn't that way. Um, but sort of the point is like, you know, the, the, the uh, Doug Ford is absolutely right. You can't have a thousand policy platforms. You have to put it a list of five things that are hyper specific. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think the thing in, where I was agreeing with what you're saying was that the inputs were informed by what was popular on social media this yeah. week. Um, but strategically, like that is exactly what you should do. Like mm-hmm. it's uh, structurally, it's a perfect platform. Because the other thing is that also is that the right wing has been very effective in any province and, and, and outside of Canada in sort of 
at least to their base, completely demonizing environmentalism, right? So if you have a big environment section and um, it doesn't matter if you have a lot of details or a small amount of details, there's people in there, like there might be policies in there that those voters might even like, but because it's in something called the environment section, they they then use that as a shorthand to then write off like, oh, I'm not even going to look at it. You're just a bunch of damn hippies. So this whole idea of not saying the word environment and not saying like, we're going to be the biggest climate change government ever, but just quietly listing very specific things that are actionable, I think is very, very smart. I think that's a much smarter way to talk about the environment. Um, like if you just had two, theoretically, if the NDP and liberal had actually did have identical platforms and you're just saying who was going to manage them better, this way of promoting that same identical platform versus the way the liberals are promoting it, I think is way more effective. Mm -hmm. I don't like it though. No, like that's it. like, it's like, like, it's like, kind of like, it's just like, just, just tell me you care about the environment. That's all I want to hear. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, and have a, yeah. And have a comprehensive plan. But I think, I think there's a level of which it's just like, you know, again, the liberals actually have done a pretty damn good job of, mm. of building out infrastructure that, that if they weren't just, you know, so generally incompetent in, in other ways. Yeah. <laughs> like there, there'd be a, anyways, we should, we should get to the green party because then we have the conversation. So let's mm -hmm. get to the green party. Okay. The Mike Schreiner's green party platform hinges on job creation through the shift to a clean economy. They promise to redirect the $3.1 billion per year in current business programs toward clean tech innovation, advanced manufacturing and bioproducts. They pledge to stop subsidizing businesses that pollute and to provide businesses with incentives to work towards producing clean products. They will change government purchasing rules to support low-carbon products and services. They will invest in energy efficiency to make businesses more competitive, reduce costs, and create jobs. And they will create funding incentives for businesses to invest in low-carbon equipment and products. The Greens will invest $4 billion over four years to provide grants and loans to help residents and businesses invest in energy conservation, paid for by closing the Pickering nuclear station and replacing expensive nuclear power with hydro from Quebec. The Greens will introduce legislation to permanently protect Ontario's prime farmland and source water regions, expand the Green Belt, and require an assessment of impacts before issuing new air emission permits. They will invest $200 million over four years to pay farmers to protect, to protect water and store carbon. They will also develop a long-term energy plan for powering Ontario with 100% renewable energy and create an independent public review of the costs and availability of all energy sources. The Green Party supports smart grid storage, investing in bioenergy and meeting current pollution targets, and setting aggressive greenhouse gas targets for public buildings. They want to fund the private and public purchase of electric vehicles and improve infrastructure for electric vehicles with more charging stations on 400 series highways. They will target energy rate reductions to low-income residents rather than across-the-board reductions which benefit large consumers the most. They will cancel the Liberals' Fair Hydro Plan, which will save Ontario, they claim, somewhere between $21 and $69 billion. They will increase funding for public transit by 50%, and like the NDP, the Green Party will fund half of the operating costs of municipal transit systems. They will dedicate 5% of the transportation budget and establish a long-term fund for municipal walking and cycling infrastructure and invest $2.17 billion over four years on safe roads. They also pledge to phase out all internal combustion engines to make the province carbon neutral by 2050. So that's a, that's a lot of money they're spending. Um, and... I never know exactly how to respond to this kind of platform 
I guess because in part it just sort of is like, you know you're not going to win. So you're just going to throw a ton of ideas at the wall and like hope that maybe the w- w- winning party steals one or two. Yeah, I feel like that's sort of the thing. It's like it's aspirational and it's sort of it's like I, I, I know they like to say like they're not they're not the protest party like they are a real party. Oh, yeah. This is a real platform. This is what they want. But it does sort of feel like it's like it's sort of like the approach that I take to like organizing and activism. It's like whatever you give me, I'm going to ask for more than that. I mean, I'm going to ask for something better than that. So like I do appreciate that they are that, that they that they own up to it. They're like we're super aspirational. We are going to pl- like we're going to pledge to hit like 100% renewables or to be carbon neutral by 2050. And they're the only party that's saying they're going to do that. And they're the only party that like addresses like combustion engines and stuff like that. So it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's hard to know how to address it because it's like, you you hear those costs. It was like what they're going to save us between 21 and $69 billion. And it's like, that's a very big margin of error. Yeah. yeah. Apparently like if, if, if covering an extra 20%, if covering the, uh, an extra 50% or, or up to 50% of, of municipal transit is, is only cost 800 million. Mm -hmm. Then the idea of saving anywhere between yeah, or basically 40 times that is the margin of error in their estimate mm-hmm. is the sort of like it, it just becomes a game of we're to, like we're just throwing numbers out there. Yeah. Right. And it's like, yes, it's and, and the interesting thing about Ontario is that's consistently has always been sort of hard to figure out how much money Ontario is ever spending. Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> like when the liberals came in 13 years ago, they were like, oh, actually, we were way more in debt than previously. And now we're hearing the exact same thing that the liberals are sort of undermining how much we're like in debt. So there's this constant weird confusion about these sort of things. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, it's like all of these things sound like relatively good things. You know, I'm not like I don't come out against any of the sort of like direct ideas I would have to learn more about exactly what the fair hydro plan means but you know like yeah that gave me pause yeah but that's and and which is but like all of the rest of these things are like relatively like if these were policies that someone else was having I'd be like okay that seems to make sense. I love the idea of actually of, of working to phase out combustion engines. I think that's like like that is that's the kind of third thing I think I would want from from a, a Green Party, yes. which is like we're going to advocate for the stuff that actually needs to happen that no one else is even willing to talk about. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think that kind of thing of like no, we actually need to start having a plan to phase out internal combustion engines is that kind of policy, mm-hmm. and, and so that makes me stoked. Uh, but it is one of those things where it's sort of like. All right, you've you've given me a laundry list of things you'll spend money on. Right. Yeah. Um, I'm an equal opportunity commentator, and we've uh, taken an opportunity to throw. At least I have uh, somewhat degree all the, the other three parties under the bus. Mm-hmm. So I would be remiss <laughs> if my duties if I didn't to some degree throw them <laughs> under the bus. Uh, and Stefan, I think it's my week to upset a third of our listeners. Oh, um, the biggest liability of the Green Party is the Green Party's own supporters, <laughs> um, and that's because uh, a big segment of them. And I'm sorry if I'm talking to you, and if I'm offending you, feel free to write me an angry email. I'll probably read it. Um, <laughs> But is that there's a lot of people who support the Green Party, unfortunately, who are fanatical about it existing in a certain form, and that form is unelectable. Uh, now, that form might be right. You might be totally right, uh, but it's unelectable. And uh, the, you know, the, the n- having a perfect thing you never take out of its wrapper is not as good as a slightly less good thing that you can use. Um, and so that's fine. And so if, you know, if, if that's fine and you want the Green Party to stay that way, then fine. But if you want the Green Party to have a chance of winning, you have to be open to changing it. So um, like what I would like to see the Greens do is, is do what I've been promoting on this show, which is, hey, we know we're probably not going to be elected this time, but we'd like to be maybe elected in the future. So we're going to use our time now instead of like 
putting all our energy into actually trying to win candidates we can't get. Use those candidates we do have to just embarrass the crud out of the other parties. Mm -hmm. And I think they're really missing an opportunity here to make themselves look, even if people don't want them elected, to make themselves look really respectable and intelligent by not worrying about any of this stuff, but actually doing the math. You know, going to that, costing out other people's platforms. Because like this is one of the big liabilities about the PC thing. By them saying we're not going to reveal anything, they've created this giant opportunity that I'm shocked none of the other parties have listened to and there's got to be a green candidate that's listening to me right now cough this is your chance by them not telling you all their this stuff it allows you to put that information out there now now that information might be wrong but you're going to control the narrative that's the donald trump trick so the green party right now and frankly the ndp and the liberals should just be costing all the the stuff that doug ford has said and putting that on billboards to get you putting numbers on his projects out there first and then you do one of two things you force him to produce his own numbers to prove it's wrong and you embarrass him that he hasn't actually costed any of this stuff and that he's talking so there, I, I understand why the NDP and the Liberals may want not want to do that. It may not work, and it's, it could take a lot of time. The Greens have nothing else doing, frankly, and they could be re really contributing. And I think making themselves look really electable next time, if they look like, wow, they're of the four people, they actually know the most about what they're talking about, and they seem really serious. Maybe we could give them a chance. So I want to come back uh, to, uh, after the next music break because we're running into the next hour to, to sort of have a more general entry discussion. But I do want to say the two things that the Green Party would I think would ch fundamentally change that dynamic actually a is a proportional representation like we desperately need proportional representation and to do that like the green party gets enough votes quite substantially to have a, a decent say in 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 uh in legislature if it was if we did not have this ridiculous system that we currently have so moving towards that would would fundamentally alter the actual scenario and i think would allow you to be that sort of like yeah we'll get like five votes but you might need us at some point and we can force the issue and you're seeing that sort of the greens effectiveness in bc right now um and the second thing is let them be in the debates like yeah, whoever really like, I, I, like I, it is unbelievable the fact that both the Kathleen Wynne and Horvath can both come out publicly and say yes they should be in debates and yet all seven media companies out of control of our debates have not let them in there that is that is that is a, an affront to democracy and well, I don't say that lightly yeah. To, to be fair, we don't know if behind their scenes they're saying don't do it. Well, for sure, but the fact, but like that should <laughs> be, but the fact they're saying it publicly should be enough that the media companies should then be able to let them on. And yeah. like, it's not like our debates are good. Like, let's be real. Oh. Here. Like, anything would make these things better. So let's let let's let the Green Party in. Well, it's, and it's like it's because they know that the Green Party candidate um, would actually know what they were talking about and would embarrass the crap out of all of them. Uh, it's it's um, anyways. So. Let's let them in the debates. That's my thing. <laughs> uh, let them in the debates. Megan, uh, what's our music break? Right. We're in the home stretch now. You're listening to the last uh, segment here on the Green Majority uh, this uh, Friday. It is the 18th of what what year? I think it's 2018. Man, wow. So, all right. So uh, we're talking election today. We had some other stories, but we just made an executive decision there. We're going to bump them. So I don't remember if I teased them earlier or not. Uh, we're going to get to them next week. There was some non-time sensitive amusement stuff about Bitcoin and some very serious stories about avocados. Uh, but we'll get to that next week um, for... Yeah, just making this a fully themed episode so we yeah. never, ever have to talk about it again, which is probably not true. <laughs> Almost but. certainly not Absolutely true. Let's not. be real here. All right. um, it's the, we, it, will, it will be at least two years before we spend an entire show on it. Yes, exactly. Yeah, Stefan. Uh, um, well, yeah, so like, so this is where we're at. These are the, these are the platforms, right? And we're, we're, we're entering in to about a, a little under little under month left, actually. Like yeah, three, June 7th. June 7th. Canadian elections, are, are like because the United States feels like it's always in an election, Canadian elections, even though I'm from Canada, always feel short. 
out. Like, like it's always like, oh, it's already happening. Oh, I for okay, no, no. Yeah, for some reason in my mind, like I knew, like like debates were starting to happen and people were starting to come up with their platforms. And in my mind, the election wasn't happening until fall, and that made sense. I was like, oh yeah, six months of campaigning, cool. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, not like, oh no, it's in three weeks. Well, because we've been watching 2020 American coverage for a year already. Well, exactly. Yeah, well, and yeah. like yeah, like 2018 started the day after you know Trump got like it's like it's it's the weirdest type of campaigning. Um, but anyways, so here we are. Like this is what we're looking at. Uh, Lauren, I'm going to you. So where do we, where are we in a month? How, how are we doing on June 18th? <laughs> um, I'm like super, it's, it's cause like obviously during election season, everybody becomes a political pundit. And the number of times I've sat down with like friends or family members and they're like, well, you know, Doug Ford's going to be elected. And <laughs> like, you just have to kind of deal with it. And like, I, I hate to say that they're right, but they're probably right. They will at least have a minority government. And Barring it's not something... to say, go out, like, please go out and vote. Oh, my God, please go out and vote. Yeah, yeah. And, and support people who are fighting on the, uh, like, especially if you're in Toronto. That's not where he's going to win this. And no. so support the people who are sort of having this conversation in other places. Yeah. Uh, if but you care about the Green Energy Act. Ex- exactly. But, like, that being said, it's, like, realizing, and I mentioned this earlier when we were, like, off air, but, like, that we might in all actuality like lose the cap and trade system and the cap and trade system is not perfect by any means. It's inadequate in a lot of ways. And typically I advocate for a carbon tax as opposed to a cap and trade system, but like we're going to lose our carbon price and that's really, really bad. Yeah. Or, or, and honestly, as, as again, as, as we had a conversation, we might not lose the carbon price. It will just be really annoying to then have a different carbon price system be yes. put in by the Trudeau government because that's what mm-hmm. they've said and they can do. And, and they, they can do. Definitely can do. Like, let's just settle that right now. Yeah. There'll be a whole bunch of talk from Brad Wall and... and the other one. Uh, the, uh, <laughs> I'm just like, I'm just like, and the... Premier Doug Ford, uh, <laughs> um, uh, and and you know, and probably again in, in a year and a half, mm-hmm. uh, Premier Jason Kenney. Um, again, yeah, we're in a we're in a dark time, everybody. Uh, there is but, an upside though. Like, but but like the point is that like all of those fights will happen, and the courts will will, will come out, and like the government can tax people. That's a yeah. real thing the federal government can do, and it doesn't matter how you want to argue this. That's a, that that's in their constitution. Mm-hmm. And the worst part, it's like. The, the carbon tax that the Trudeau government's going to impose is even less effective. Yeah. Like it's it's been shown that like I'm sorry ten ten dollars per ton or what it's like no that's nothing that doesn't change anybody's behavior. Yeah, yeah, and it, no. we've already spent a ton of money. Like this is the most frustrating thing I think about a lot of conservative uh, policy is that they will harp on efficiencies and then fill in the Eglinton, you know, LRT yeah. hole, right? Like, like they will constantly undo very expensive things that were set up uh, and, and, and to only force it to happen again five years later. Like, mm-hmm. except the writing is on the wall, the price on carbon will be a thing that we will live under if we want to survive. So let's just accept this, that we, cr- and you have currently have the best version for conservatives. Like, mm-hmm. this is a market-based solution to solve a, a, a real problem this is like the most conservative way of solving this problem so if you just take it and and then call it your own uh like i'm fine with that you know like i'm allowed I'm like I'm, I'm more than happy you know for this to be the conservative policy i don't care how it happens i just want it to be happening because it needs to happen mm-hmm. right. And there's there's not one thing. I mean, as we already said, you know, Doug Ford hasn't released any information except for like three of five things he walked back. Um, and we should also mention while we're talking about you know the in- inevitability of that, um, I I want to caution people against. Um, 
promoting uh, that idea uh, because you will uh, encourage apathy and we don't want people to not come out and vote because they think it's a foregone, foregone conclusion. Ford is not a foregone conclusion mm-hmm. and you should still very be very much active. Uh, not that that was anyone's intention. I just public and a service mm-hmm. announcement on that. Um, uh, secondly, I mean, the... <laughs> The, this is sort of what I was getting at, and I, we, we didn't really have time to flesh it out, and we'll, we'll get back to it eventually. I apologize. I think really some of my policy ideas are much better for like we might do like a special bonus episode because really like it's going to take like a full hour to dig through that stuff, <laughs> and there's just it's really hard to do on the show. So apologies for that. But one of the things that I was trying to get at with my policy proposal last week was this type of pre- protection, which is like a, a, a government budget office that that has like a, an actual like constitutional um, uh, piece or a legislative piece uh, around um, you can't waste money just for the sake of scoring political points. So it would be like a a legacy protection. So if it's going to cost the province more money to stop doing something than it is to keep doing it, you're not allowed to cancel the project. Right. Like, so you can't stop something out of political spite mm-hmm. if it's going to have no effect on the province other than costing the money. So this whole example we've had in Ontario a number of times or in Toronto, rather, where there was like four, you know, four hundred million dollars. I don't know. I'm making up a number. I don't know. But millions and millions of dollars uh, were spent developing this uh, transit plan, which was then canceled at the last minute by, oh, wait, Doug Ford. Uh, sorry, Rob Ford. Uh, <laughs> Rob Ford is relation. Um just out of political spite and just canceling it after four or five years and all these investments of work had been done, uh, wasted millions and millions of dollars because he wanted to spend millions and millions of dollars on a arguably similar plan that was slightly different, uh, but worse. So like these types of things, like we need this, this can't be up to the voters to suss this stuff out because it will never get sold because voters don't have the time. There has to be legislative restrictions and controls that prevent people from maliciously destroying our uh, financial situation here in Ontario or as Canadians uh, out of political opportunism and political spite uh, that is to everyone's detriment outside of the person trying to be elected. It's, 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 it's fascinating to watch particular things be the, the thing that matters to people. I think I find this fascinating, just generally speaking, about what particular weird issues become politicized and not in different areas. And like in, 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 in Toronto, it's, it's, it's overwhelmingly transit and that's overwhelmingly to its detriment. You know, and I, I think the more you can keep these types of sort of specific these types of transit policies out of the sort of political sphere and into the urban planning sphere, the much better results you will get. Just dramatically better results. And every time someone wants to try to play politics with sort of urban and transport infra- infrastructure, that is almost always going to be they're going to end up going a worse direction because what the current plan that gets put forward originally is almost always what you know it has been studied. Like what's amazing is a transit city plan. Uh, which again was a, was a plan that was sort of enacted in, in, in Spanish, remains actually the plan for the city of Toronto because it was the right uh, because it came after like ten years of study and that's sort of what the Toronto still plan is to go to. It still is what all transit planning in Toronto is based off of is the work that was done that led to Transit City, and yet and yet of course you know the uh, it was wanting to be re- removed. Uh, the 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 win the liberal government uh, could have just been like no we funded the we funded the the the, the LRT we're leaving the LRT and instead they caved to try to win one seat in Scarborough you know uh, which is not great um, but so, but yeah but, but but and the other thing I think what's, what I find fascinating about a, a plan you know I think this is uh, Lauren as you mentioned with the with how the sort of mechani- leaving mechanism works is that I'm finding that one of the most interesting ways of protecting uh, these sort of different carbon agreements has been actually to 
link it with other things. You know, in the same way that Trump can't technically leave the like, can't technically leave the Paris Accord until the day after 2020's election, which means that if he loses the next election, the the the, the, the states will have always been in it and never technically left. Um, the same thing about sort of the fact that it's going to take two years for even to begin leaving the cap and trade system because of the agreements with with, with Quebec and, and and California is another sort of leading to that kind of protection that might we might actually see. Mm-hmm. And and I think that that's sort of just like. The, creating these sort of networks of places that might keep a same plan together, I think, is actually has been has been proven to be quite effective as a way to protect uh, climate policy. Um, so, with five minutes left of the show, uh, we like what is the if, if if I can is there one thing on any of these lists that the two of you are sort of like you know this actually is man this is the one thing that like no matter who wins if this one thing gets enacted that's amazing. Um, like I'll start because I just asked the question to the two of you, um, and I will say that the the what's interesting about a lot of these pieces is that the only organization like there's a, there's there's a couple little pieces about food security in here, and and they're just like feel like drips and drabs. Uh, you know, it's sort of like they sort of know that it matters and they're realizing it matters more, but it hasn't really become obviously something that n- enough people are paying attention to for really to be like the f- headline of any of their ads. But like, but it, you know, the, the liberals mention it, the NDP mentions it, uh, I think the Green mentioned it too and 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 so i think those to me it indicates that the food secure the food sovereignty people who have been fighting for this for for a very long time are winning it just is maybe slowly mm-hmm. yeah and the ndp like kind of goes specifically into like i think the liberals make kind of a, a throwaway statement yeah. about like encouraging traditional food practices and it's like okay right. cool but how yeah um the ndp kind of digs into it a little bit more um no the one thing i was going to kind of put out there in addition to sort of just like the NDP overall it does there's an emphasis on like that justice based sort of transition which is really Mm -hmm. sort of encouraging Um, but they talk specifically about a large share of mining royalties going to First Nations which I think is a really really fantastic uh, policy point Um, so that was yeah yeah. and interesting that's also something that Actually, the Wynn government just partially uh, did do something on like a week or two ago. Okay, so uh, wow, so the NDP platform really is just like them, but better. <laughs> well, I think, but, but I think actually, but, but I think that could have been the NDP sort of the Liberals doing the opposite, right? The Liberals sort of seeing uh, that the NDP were going to run on this and be like, oh, Look, we're already doing it. Check this out. Like right. the same way that the Liberals, the last election, basically ran on an NDP budget. NDP NDP overthrew the government and then had to run against their own budget for for which went disastrously. Mm-hmm. So at least they're not doing that this year. I feel like that's like if there's a, if there's a, if there's a positive is that the NDP aren't currently running against the most progressive budget anyone has put forward in Ontario. They are actually putting forward that 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 uh, that kind of budget, uh, which I think is, leads to more interesting conversations. Uh, if we weren't again so. F- overwhelmed with Doug Ford. I actually kind of think that a part of me wishes, no, a big part of me wishes, but I'd be kind of fascinated. Had Doug Ford lost to either of his two main challengers, we might actually have an interesting conversation. Yeah. Like this might wouldn't just be dominated by this asinine buffoon. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, and and like it would have, we might've actually got come out uh, somewhere of like a, maybe this would have been interesting policy discussion. Cause I believe that when Horvath and either of the two main people that were, that were running against Doug Ford could, all three of them could actually have a real conversation about issues Mm -hmm. and, and, and especially running on, 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 on the sort of platform that, 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 that Patrick Brandon put forward, like that there's a reasonable conversation to be had here and like as much as I think it's constantly bemoaned that the Ontario that Ontario politics is is, is, is a sad state of affairs which it is it is also a, a place where everyone at least like theoretically should or like there's not really like I, I, 
there's a less of an ideological rift, I think, between people who who flow these directions, in part because all the policy, the, the politicians have been so bad for so long, and and so I think there's actually an appetite for a real conversation. Totally, and we just lost that opportunity entirely. Yeah, well, it's like it's like Wynn and Horvath are so even like I don't necessarily agree with everything all the time, but like they're super intelligent and incredibly capable, yeah. and the fact that they don't have a more intellectually formidable opponent is kind of a total bummer. Yeah. And, and they can't have the conversation that would be actually useful to have. Here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, two, uh, my brain always works on the balance sheet basis. So I can't really honestly answer your question, uh, because I can't separate any of these policies from the rest of the policies um, because we have to balance out the math on all of them. But uh, let me uh, answer it another way, which is um, one of the things that really stood out for me is that we don't have an objectively obvious main point of the spear uh, rhetorical anti-transit part of the platform from Ford. We're seeing support for public transit, at least in theory. um, And we are not conspicuously hearing, at least yet, their weeks remain, any super obvious of his brother's uh, war on the car language has mm. uh, so far absent. Yeah. Notable. Yeah. Um, also notable that, yes, uh, for a variety of reasons we can only guess, uh, Doug Ford does seem to be mixing in some left-wing bait in with his right-wing meat. Um, and yeah, we are out of time. Thank you for pointing your watch. I'm sorry, <laughs> Stefan. Uh, I have sarcastic comments, of course, about this, but I'll be tweeting them out as long per Lauren's suggestion. Uh, and that is it for the show. Thank you so much for listening to the Green Majority. Check out greenmajority.ca and do not forget our spring membership drive coming up very soon in just a couple of weeks, June 4th to 10th. Other than that, have a good Green Week, folks. See you all real soon. 